everybody to our latest Metricite episode. Um, today, we're going to talk a little bit about the contact center space and management of the contact center. And, um, you know, certainly one of the things that I see is that contact leaders, um, technology support teams as well, have to really work together um, to optimize technology behind customer interactions to ensure that things like voice and video quality exceed expectations. And sometimes they don't, let's be honest. Um, when customers have a poor experience, it definitely impacts a company's ability to um, to serve them. It impacts their brand. It impacts their reputation, even revenue or employee uh, satisfaction. There's a lot of um, negative that can come when you don't have a good customer experience, as we all know. Um, so today, I am delighted to be joined by Ross Williams, who is the uh, Chief Product Officer at Versailles. And we're going to talk about how management platforms can help improve the quality of customer interactions. So, Ross, welcome. Thanks, Robin. It's uh, great to talk to you again. Hey, yes. So, to start, just give us all some background on yourself and your role at Versailles. Right. So, uh, uh, Chief Product Officer uh, and co-founder of the business. So, uh, Versailles has been around um, almost a, a decade now. Uh, and we are a spin-out, a spin-off of a uh, of an integrator uh, here in the Australia New Zealand marketplace. So uh, engineer at heart, I guess, and that's that's my background. Uh, and uh, yes, yeah, just recently in the uh, last eighteen months or so, chief product officer. So always innovating on new products and new ways to you know basically use technology to help solve business problems, maybe create some new opportunities as well. Um, so. To me, I mean, like we've all seen that, you know, it's, it's pretty clear that agents are going to continue working from their home offices, either full or part time. So let's start there. Um, where, you know, I certainly hear quite a bit that CX leaders are struggling a bit to support these remote workers from a, a performance standpoint. You know, it, it is your headset working? Is your network working? Do you have too many apps running in the background? So quality is suffering. Um, there could be all sorts of reasons that companies um, have these remote agents who are not, who, do, who just don't have the best um, performance um, as far as their technology goes. So I want to understand what you're seeing with your customers, your prospective customers even, as to why that's happening. What, what are some of the, the, the biggest causes that you're seeing, um, you know, based on conversations as well as your own data? Yeah. Um, you know, the, the work, as I say, the work from home um, phenomenon is here to stay, you know, um, I saw a study on the weekend where um, two thirds of agents would actually leave a business if they didn't have a work from home. Oh um, yeah, it, 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 as, as part of the as part of the business, and and um, you know, there's there lots of good reasons. They're saving uh, four hours a week, which they are able to spend with with uh, friends and family, and and um, there's the monetary side as well. So I was interested to see that um, agents are saving on average thirteen thousand dollars a year by staying home, so not having to travel, pay for parking, and and you know, eating in. So you know, lots of good reasons why why people want to do that and, and are going to continue. Um, the tough thing is from a from a technology perspective is is we we know that contact centres have always been really metrics driven. So the average speed of answer, average talk time, first call resolution, those those sorts of stats are, are there. And uh, when agents moved home, um, that sort of visibility remained because it was part of the contact centre application. But the part that went missing. Uh, was where the IT teams ran the networks, um, you know, managed everything. They had uh, dashboards and you know lots of um, 
a practice around the visibility of, of the technology. So they ensured that the customer interaction was was of, of a high standard. When the agents moved home, um, the IT teams lost visibility of that network, of course, because the enterprise network is largely no longer used. And it becomes yeah. the home network, the home setup. Um, and we did a, a bit of a study uh, when I first started in this role as to the top 10 causes of, of poor quality interactions for at-home workers. Uh. All 10, all 10 of them are outside the visibility of most IT teams, which is kind of ironic. Well, okay. um, so, you know, yeah, new tool sets uh, and you know, new management capability is required to be able to see that that um, that that full end-to-end interaction to see what's going on, you know, rather than relying on the agent to, to do their own troubleshooting and, and fix their own networks. So what are some of the 10 things, I have to say all 10 of them, what are some of the things that you saw in that study? I'm just curious. Oh, you know, um, the, you know, the performance of the of the local uh, workstation itself, you know, process memory disk, how many applications are running, um, you know, is there, is there, um, you know, is there resources are up for, for contention? Is there problems there? And of course, the mm-hmm. ISP um, itself, you know, the not only up and download speed, but latency of the ISP, uh, um, you know, how well that network performs. You know, there's, there's a bunch of them, but all kind of related to that sort of stuff. I know I used to have problems with my, um, you know, just my performance on, um, and I always thought it was, I always thought it was my my internet access, and I learned that it was uh, actually a, a, a statistical application I had running in the background. Whenever I had that running, I get the the choppy you know video, and when I turn that application off, oh miraculously my internet per- uh, improved, my internet performance improved. You know, so it really wasn't my you know my internet provider. It was the fact that I was running this app. You know, and it was just happenstance that I noticed it. Otherwise, I you know I I probably would still be thinking. <laughs> an internet issue you know and it's so that 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 type of thing uh you just can't tell i you know i've I've talked to you in the past about how um you guys are now integrating with jabra's headsets right with the the jabra's headset can integrate with the versailles um you know service management platform so talk to us a little bit about how what that does because i would think that if you can integrate with with what's happening all the way to the agent's headset, you can probably get some insight as to what's causing some problems might be happening. Oh, absolutely. Um, And that headset integration, that gave us like the last yard, if you like, and the whole, you know, sort of end-to-end picture that that we're now capturing. Um, You know, agents prefer to have, um, you know, to be untethered from their workstation if they can. Um, So Bluetooth headsets are really popular. Um, Ironically, Bluetooth um, runs in the 2.4 gigahertz um, spectrum, so that's the same as same as Wi-Fi. So um, you know, impacts to voice quality or video quality you know, tend to be cumulative. So you get the effects of the ISP. You get the effects of perhaps running you know an application like you have that's that's um, you know taking up that uh, resources on the hardware itself. You know, and then you add to that um, the Bluetooth link quality, which we're now capturing. Um, you know, so that full end-to-end picture is really, really important. And that, that last yard, um, you know, with our friends at Jabra has enabled us to capture a whole lot of analytics that, um, you know, frankly, went beyond what we uh, we were thinking, uh, you know, even to the, the point of boom arm position, you know, and which is a classic one for agents. Um, you've got to have that boom position correctly. That sort of thing is now on visibility for, the, for, um, for IT and management teams. So how does that play out in your tool then? I mean, is it... Is it just integrated in in the same you know screen basically? Um, 
does it proactively give recommendations like, hey, sound quality is bad here, do X, Y, or Z, or how does that, how does it play into the whole platform? Yes, it's a good, good question. Um, we, we try to tie everything back to it in a particular interaction. So, you know, for the likes of a, um, a context center platform, say, for example, Genesis Cloud, we will capture the, the interaction itself out of the Genesis Cloud, but we will add on to that sort of all of the trace information that you might get from, uh, if you're using BYOC, you bring your own carrier and you've got your own session board or controller. Um, we bring that in, uh, tie it together with workstation performance and the, you know, the audio device itself. So when you use VSM and you look at an interaction, you see the whole thing all the way from the, you know, microphone and, and, um, and speaker on the headset, all the way through as, um, through the cloud provider um, out to the PS10 with a call exits. And that's all tied together in a single, single interaction. So at the time you can see you know, if the boom arm was, was um, mispositioned. Yeah. And, and do your customers, you, as you see customers using this, are they, are they really acting on it? You know, are they, they're seeing this data, are they actually making changes based on it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it was a classic example. I was involved in one recently, um, similar along the lines you just mentioned, Robin, where um, um, the user thought their internet connection was the was the problem, and they'd okay. suffered suffered in silence for a long period of time. And um, after they had deployed um, VSM and VSM everywhere, which gives them the insight into the end user workstation, um, the problem turned out to be that they were um, running applications they were running out of memory, so they're running memory at too high a level. And um, you know that simple change was um, addition of memory to that um, to that device, and that problem is now solved permanently. Oh, that's awesome. So when you think about what you do, you know, as chief product officer, you're looking at all different ways you can improve this performance. How, how do you find the companies can see that, you know, that ultimate like three, 360 degree view, you know, that, that 360 degree visibility, I guess I would say with applications and network devices and rooms, like there's all these different pieces you've got to pull in that where you ultimately really see measurable improvements um, in CX. Yeah, the key, the key is to have all of the devices along the path under management, you know, and a key development for us uh, during COVID was to create VSM everywhere, which gives visibility into those endpoints. So the end user okay. workstation, the, the rooms devices themselves, uh, and then tying that back, as I said before, tying that back to an interaction. So an agent would typically report a, a problem. Um, they'd say, you know, who they were talking to in the, in the date and time. Um, and while it's it's technically possible for, you know, skilled engineers to piece that whole picture together and go through logs and pull all the files out and look at them and, you know, a lot of manual labour from a very skilled person to, to piece together that full end-to-end -end interaction, we've automated that whole thing with VSM and VSM everywhere. So a regular uh, tier one, tier two service desk person can now kind of act like a tier three. So they all the information's brought forward uh, and surfaced and using um, using our um, machine learning learning algorithms, we surface the the likely causes of a of a poor interaction. So sometimes it's obvious, you know, in which case we'd have like a red tri a red triangle with an explanation mark on it, saying, "Hey, this is this is almost certainly the cause of your problem." Uh, and sometimes it might be amber, but we'll highlight those um, you know those those potential causes just to you know to simplify it and to reduce the complexity and the skill level required to troubleshoot these problems. 
I mean, do you think that, do you already, or do you think that at some point you'll be moving into like a self-service mode for some of this, at least like some of the simpler, you know, maybe causes for some of the problems? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, while we're, you know, making that information available to IT teams and then sort of summarised, rolled up information available to management, really important that you surface that information for the end users, as you say. So that's that's an area we're working on right now. So those, you know, 10 most common causes, if you like, we'll surface them um, for the agent. So, um, you know, they can they can tell ahead of time or, or in real time when they're on a call if the boom arm is um, not positioned well, if they're getting uh, interference on their Bluetooth connection, you know, that, you know, they might be able to hear the external customer perfectly well, but um, it's not the same in reverse. So those sorts of things will be surfaced for the end user, you know, so they can proactively take steps themselves. Yeah, and that really does make a difference from a customer perspective because their overall interaction experience is going to be better at that point. Um, so we certainly hear a lot about non-voice digital channels all the time. I mean, one of the big things in the news lately is how, you know, Frontier Airlines like got rid of all voice. I, I mean, I'm, I'm holding firm that, that these digital channels will never overtake voice and video. Um, I think those channels are here to stay. That, that's I, I, my research tells me that I, I see that. Um, not only do, do voice and video typically result in higher CSAT, they they also produce kind of a crazy high number of data points. You know, just just back just sort of um, kind of flying under the radar data points about the performance of the call. Now AI obviously has to be a part of that analysis in order to just even. Um, determine what the insights are and to automate what you can do with them, automate workflows that can come out of that. And ultimately, I think you can improve things like your agent or employee productivity, even some security issues. So I wanted to ask you how Versailles helps in this area, because I know you're doing a lot in the area of AI and, and just trying to help in, in what, I, what I mentioned with the, the voice and digital channels and all you can do there. Yeah, and I, I agree with you completely, Robin. <laughs> Voice and video is here to stay. You know, there's no question about that. And the conversations, let's face it, the conversations that really matter, you know, when someone calls customer service because something's gone wrong or, you know, they, they call their bank because there's an issue, you can't have a complex uh, interaction with, it, with, you know, with your provider um, via anything other than voice, you know, unless you've got like two years to solve your problem. <laughs> so those conversations, those voice and video conversations, they really matter, you know, and and if the interaction with the, with the agent is good, you know, you build brand reputation, you build loyalty from that customer, they have a great experience, their problem's resolved. Um, if it's not, you know, if that interaction isn't great, um, you know, it can have exactly the opposite effect. So, you know, these voice interactions are really important, really important. And, and you did write about the, the amount of data that's generated by these platforms now, the cloud platforms, session board controllers, you know, and now the you know, end user workstations, the headsets themselves, intelligent headsets, they're all generating huge amounts of data. So um, what we do is we consume all of those. Um, you know, we're really um, hungry for, for all of that, any new data source that we can get our hands on. Um, you know, we love to grab it and, and bring it in, put it into the mix tie it all together so it's uh, related back to, to interactions. Um, but the sheer volumes of that um, we've seen, um, you know, a typical a typical interaction could generate 15 to 20,000 data points. Um, you know, in that engineering background I've, uh, I've come from for myself, I mean, I've 
poured over logs. You know, I'm, I'm old enough that they were they were in hexadecimal when I started. Um, you know, poured over that sort of thing, looking for patterns. And it's really a, a simple matter of um, for engineers is to find a pattern. What pattern of um, data points equals a good interaction, and what pattern of data points equals a bad one. And when you can do that um, across hundreds of millions of, of transactions, and we, uh, we're looking at um, around about 600 million transactions a month on, on our platform, um, oh. those, patterns, um, those patterns around what constitutes good and bad, they start to pop out. And we've got some you know, tremendous insight um, around um, you know, like those those common causes, you know, and we and we use our um, we use Microsoft uh, neural networks to do this. It's, there's no rocket science behind it. It's um, really just a simple matter of surfacing that and and making the information available for, uh, for for those who need to consume it. So engineers or or even you know if they're troubleshooting something, or even um, better still, is proactively alerting, saying, yeah, hey, you know, we're right. we're noticing these noticing these patterns. There there is going to be a problem emerging for this and getting getting on the front foot. Yeah, so it really does. I think more than anything, it helps people be more proactive to avoid those problems from happening. Like if you know ahead of time, okay, this set of criteria or this set of issues or circumstances is going to create a good customer experience versus bad, you can kind of try and proactively make sure that what you're doing is is sitting over here in that good category rather than the bad. Um, do you have any, maybe, I don't know if you do or don't, I know, I know you're looking at so much data, but do you have any specific examples of you know, how companies have, have used this this capability that you provide by looking over all these data points to make a change or make a difference in, in their inter- quality of their yep. interaction, I should say. Yeah, yep. Yep. Across, across those um, hundreds of millions of data points, and, you know, it's very common um, that people use Wi-Fi in their homes. Not, not a lot of homes are, are um, you know, have the workstation right next to the router so you can plug in on a wide connection. You know, a wide connection is always going to be better. And, and, you know, we all recommend that if, if, you, if you can. The reality is for most people, they can't. Um, you know, we've got some really good examples around, you know, patterns we've picked up. And there is a distinct pattern between the um, uh, the, the signal to noise ratio or, or link quality that you see um, on a Wi-Fi system um, and the, the um, receive level of the of the Wi-Fi signal itself, so just okay. those two in, in combination in isolation they can cause a problem, but uh, but at a particular point, um, they definitely cause a problem. So um, you know we've had we've had companies that that um, use their insight just to coach um, you know coach people how to tune their their home environment a little bit better, and believe it or not, a simple um, simple remedy for a lot of places is to put your router as high as you can in your house. You know, so if that's up high, um, it's less likely to, you know, to sort of have stuff in the way that's that's going to interfere. You know, and that, that you know that insight we've developed, you know, just by seeing those hundreds of millions of interactions, seeing what the pattern is around that, and it is very very clear. You know, that one is very clear. I'm sure you're like learning new things every day as you look at all this data. You know, new patterns that emerge. So, just really cool, and and I think really great value to companies who are using your platform. Um, so 
I appreciate you taking out the time. I could talk about this for a long time because I'm a data geek as well. And I just love looking at data and, and just the, it's almost like a puzzle or, or like artwork in some ways, like the, the stories that develop out of just looking at data and, and, and all you can glean from that. Um, so I really thank you very much for taking out the time today. I thought this was a great discussion and, and just thanks for sharing your knowledge on uh, CX management and insights and how you're using AI. I, I think that um, companies who are having issues in this area with their CX performance should should definitely give you give you a call talk to you <laughs> and, and yeah, you can tell them, yeah you can tell them all the things that uh are happening during that call and what what's going right and wrong right <laughs> yeah so, yeah um, no it's a fascinating area i mean and, and to me robin you've got a lot of data and complex um you know complex stuff but the, the resolutions are often really simple that it, it gets boiled back to something really simple like the location of your router you know um and that gives me a lot of pleasure, actually, when you see such a simple answer to, to a complex problem that's been a mystery, you know, for a long time. Absolutely. All right. Well, I want to thank all of our viewers and listeners today. And uh, thanks again to Ross for joining us. And I hope everybody has a great day.